are in a study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and um, I, but doing that wedding yesterday, I knew I would be too tired today. To it's it's. I did discover my superpower though yesterday. I have super exhaustion. Yeah. So, but what I I wanted to play for you. Um, a story that Bill Johnson told. I told. I shared one of them last week with uh, in the grocery store. This one is at uh, thirty-five thousand feet. Go ahead, Matt. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Think of that. Encourage. He just saw great, extraordinary miracles. So he's flying back. He flies back through Europe and flying back across the Atlantic. And he's he's, he's in his seat, and he happens to have my book, A Face to Face with God, and he's hoping just to be able to have some quiet time. He's tired from the trip. He just wants to read, catch some sleep, fly home. So he's sitting there, and the Lord speaks to him and says, the woman across the aisle hurt her back two weeks ago. I want you to pray for her. And so he's not really wanting to do that. He's wanting more of a quiet time. You know, Chris and I are just very different. Uh, when, when Chris gets onto a plane, he wants to talk to everybody around him. Every, everybody. And he won't tell them he's a pastor. He'll tell them he's a motivational speaker or something. Because if he tells them, he's noticed, if he tells them he's a pastor, people don't want to talk. I'm the opposite. I tell them I'm a pastor so they'll leave me alone. So that's, that's just, we're just a little different in that regard. I'm there. I'm tired. I want to sleep. So anyway, that's, I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm just confessing. So this guy that gets on the plane, is uh, this lady's across the aisle, he leans over, and he says, uh, did you hurt your back two weeks ago? And she says, well, yes, how did you know? He says, well, sometimes God talks to me. He says, uh, he says I was just in Africa and preached the gospel there, and we just saw all kinds of miracles. I'd love to be able to pray for you. And she said, yes, he ends up praying for her. She falls out of the chair in, into the aisle on the ground. And right about that time, the stewardess comes up. And is there a problem? Do I need to get a doctor? I've been in this position, and there isn't an intelligent answer. There's nothing you can say to make this feel okay. I, I, I had this, this, this hotel uh, uh, maid uh, clean my room, and she left a note that she had, when she walked into the room, the, the power of God hit her at the door, and then she got, and when she was making the bed, the power of God hit her when she, when she touched the, the bed cloth. And, so, and then she started looking around, whose room is this? And she saw a fruit basket that had my name on it. She had attended the meetings in that same church a year earlier. So she knew, she realized she had come to work that day sick, and the Lord just healed her literally through just make, so she left me the note with the story. So when I came back to my room that afternoon, um, I, I found the note, and, um, and I, I, I saw her down the hall. She says, hey, Pastor Bill, did you get my note? I said, I did. I said, come here, tell me more. So I put my briefcase to leave the door open. She stood in the hallway with her cart and stuff, and she just told me the story. I went, that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. I said, can I pray for you? She said, sure. So I pray for her. She ends up on the floor. Right at that time, ding, 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 the elevator door opens. A gentleman walks around, around the corner. He's got a brown bag with a bottle. I'm pretty sure it was a Coca-Cola or something. He was going to his room. He had a court case the next day. He was very troubled over. I found out later. So anyway, he comes around. He says, he says can I help? I said, no, everything's fine. He said, no, seriously. Can I, can I, can I, and I realized, you know, you've got to come up with a better answer. Then everything's fine. You've got, 
You've got an Hispanic woman laying face down on the carpet with her cart. You've got this guy standing over her. This doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. And so, and so I'm scrambling for answers, you know, to make this make sense. I said, she's praying. And, and he says, oh. He said, we could all use prayer. And he walks on to his room. And I, so I thought, well, this is an open door. So he's getting to his room. I said, hey, I'll pray for you if you'd like. And he said, that would be nice. And he came back. And that's where he told me some of the story. Put it, I said, put your bottle down, put the bottle down. Stands in my doorway. And I, I began to pray for him. And the power of God came on and began to tremble under the power of God. And I thought, instead of trying to talk him into the kingdom, I just said, repeat this prayer after me. <laughs> I did. Just had him confessing his sin. It was, it was just amazing. So I, I, I know a little bit what it's like to have something happen that you can't explain. And anything you say just makes it worse. Oh, she's fine. No, really. <laughs> no, really. So here he's on the plane. A lady's laid out. The stewardess says, do we need help? Do I need to get a doctor? And he's trying to explain she's fine. About that time, he, she comes to. And she says, this is a man of God, just preached the gospel in Africa, where God used him to do all kinds of powerful things. And he just prayed for my back. I slipped on the ice two weeks ago. And God just completely healed me. And the stewardess goes, I've had this problem with my right knee. And so he asked, he, she asked him to, to pray for the, for the right knee. And she says, will I fall down? <laughs> he, he said, I don't know. It's like, you know, be honest, I don't know. And uh, so he prays for her. When he's through, he gets up, turns around, and he's got three or four people in the aisle waiting for prayer. So he starts praying for the first one. I mean, stories like this just get around. Uh, these are stories of courage. Starts praying, and he hears over the intercom. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a man of God on the plane who's returning from Africa where he preached the gospel, and he saw God do all kinds of extraordinary things. He just prayed for a woman with a back injury who just got healed. He just prayed for my knee. My knee is healed. If you need a miracle in your body, meet him between first class and economy in that section there, and he will pray for you. So this, this story is just so bizarre. So he's, he's, he, he hears that, so he knows what his assignment is. So he goes, stands there, and he starts praying for people, and they start dropping. And so a, a Englishman's on the plane. He comes to him and says, would you like for me to catch? And it was so comforting for him to be on the plane with somebody else who knew what was happening. So he said, yes. And so he's praying for people, and the Englishman is laying him out in various places. The, the Englishman comes to him after a while and says, you've got to slow down. I have run out of places to put bodies. I've, I've talked with him a couple of times about that story. In fact, I was sharing it at a leader's advance, and he happened to be in the room. Mm. He, he sent right. a letter to me with this story. Don't you love God's and, stories? Uh, Go ahead, turn it off. Love God's stories. Love what God moves in unexpected ways. It's rather extraordinary. You know, just real quick, one, one time... Uh, 
Josh and Jason. What was his name? Do you remember that? You show up at my house with an iguana, and the power of God comes. Do you remember that? It was so out of the ordinary. We had quite a... Do you remember that night? I'll tell you about it later. I'll make it even better, too. (laughs) All right. um, Rick's going to speak this morning. Rick Gonzalez. He's one of our one of our pastors, and um, this is his first time, so he might be nervous. I don't know. You know what I love about Rick. There's two things that really stand out to me. I mean, he's got a lot of wonderful traits, but two things that stand out to me is his absolute love for the Word of God. He knows the Word of God. He's in the Word of God. Even while we're doing worship, he's opening the Word. He's giving verses uh, to various situations and people, and that, that stands out to me, a man of the Word. Second thing that's always stood out to me is he loves to hear the voice of God. He loves to pray. He loves to be led by the Lord. Both of those attributes are things that all of us need to grow in. Anytime I, anytime I bring up another speaker or another pastor, it's to hear what they have to say, but, but it's also to receive what they carry. It's to receive what they've walked in, what they've walked out, to receive the anointing that's on their lives. You know, the Bible says to lay hands on one another and pray for one another because there, there is things that are released when we pray for each other. This little five or ten minutes of you guys praying for me, I don't even know who was praying for me, but I mean, I had a real experience in the love of God. And just, and I came late. That's naughty. God should not have touched me when I came late. He should have penalized me for, no, but he, it's, I'm kidding. But I mean, it just shows the incredible mercy of God just to touch us where we're at. And the importance of body ministry, the importance of the body laying hand. Hey, are you girls listening to me? Because this is really important. Oh, thank you. So Rick, come on up. pray first. Um, Father, I just ask for you to um, be here. I know you are, Lord. I ask for um, hearts to be ministered. This is you. This is for your glory. This is for people to know that you're real and that you know what's going on in their hearts. Lord, we need you so desperately and we need to lean on you at all times, Lord, and me most assuredly right now. So I thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so, in the last couple of years, we've had a season of great miracles amidst great trials. Okay? And, uh, but I think the one that's really 
causing um, an eruption maybe in people's hearts is what's happening to Mike and his family. It's, it's like almost unexplainable and we are all reacting in different ways to that event and what's transpiring since. Um, some people, I mean, who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, they come right in, they understand, it takes prayer, we're interceding, and, you know, and trying to be led of the Lord, and so we have that, that, that group of people, right? Then there's other people, and this is really blowing their socks off. They're, they're scrambling, they don't know what to do, they're questioning God. And uh, that's what I want to talk about, questioning God. And uh, the questions that I've kind of heard a little bit here and there are, doesn't God see? Isn't God aware of what's going on? You know, doesn't God care? Why, why would he do this? Mike's a good man. I've heard this. You know, and why is this happening? I don't, you know, and so it's putting people on their heels, all right? Um, one of the scriptures that God shared through Mike, it's been probably a few months now, was Philippians 2. And it's Philippians 2, 12 through 15. And it is, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to do and to will for his good pleasure. First half, okay? So, does God see? Does God care? Right? In reading, bear with me a little bit. There, there is Jesus, and Cheryl mentioned this. Cheryl mentioned this, and when one of the things that she talked about, and it was oneness with the Lord, right? And if you go to John 17, which was the reference, the beginning of John 17 is he's praying for himself to the Father. And in the middle part of it, he's praying for the disciples because he knows they're going to go through stuff, right? The last one, which applies to us, is that he prayed for those who would receive the message that the disciples would give, right? He didn't pray for wisdom, he didn't pray for strength. He didn't pray for courage. He prayed for oneness because he knew that out of oneness, all those things would be supplied, all right? And that's the goal is the oneness. And if we understand, there's a picture God gave me and um, Jesus is praying. Can you ever look in the Bible and find a place where Jesus prayed and it wasn't answered? So think about it. Jesus is praying for us, right, that we'll be one with him. Okay, how does that happen? How does it happen? It happens through trials. It's the only time we really knuckle down with God, to be honest, right? I mean, my God, life is happening to me and I don't know what to do. So I have to see God. I have to, and he knows it, all right? So he draws us in that way. But it's also a place where we're gonna be different, and he knows that too. But the picture is that God is working to see, for it is God who works where? In you, 
in you. So he's got a purpose. Listen to the prayer that we would be one. This is what he wishes to instill in us, that we would be one with him. Comes through prayer life, comes through reading his word. Cheryl said, shared, John 15, abide in me and abide in my word. So here, here, comes, here comes the nuts and bolts of how to live, but God's got a purpose, right? He's got a purpose that we would be one with him because he knows that when we're one with him, right, that's, that's where all the answers are. That's where, that's where life becomes more abundantly, all right? It's amazing. It's an amazing place, but it has to come through hard times. So... Um, one of the other statements that I can remember um, is Joel. And Joel was talking about his prayer life. He said it very quickly, just a really one little couple of little set word sentences, and he was talking about how he is learning to pray. And it's only about the will of the Father. It's only about God's will that he cares about praying anymore. That becomes something very powerful, all right? But... If this is not established, God wishes to establish it. And the, the thing that we have to be very, very careful of, okay, the second part of this, so we have God is ever making intercession for us, right? He's ever making intercession for us. Does he care? Does he see? Absolutely he does. Intimately he knows what, he's going, what we're going through and what he's after in us, okay? So that's one part of the mindset. The other part is that we have to be aware that that is what he's doing, and we have a responsibility, okay? So it says, let's see where I go to, to see. Um, I have to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. So God's working in, but I have to be very conscious of how I'm responding to God in the trials that I'm going through, in my life period, all right, all right? And we are prone to, ouch, it hurts, very self-centered, right? And, and, and it causes us to, to react certain ways. God goes on to say, um, I gotta see where I'm at here. Let me, excuse me a second, because if I can't find it in my papers, I, got, I have to read it like it is. Okay. So it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good service, good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse uh, generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Working out our fear and trembling is such a big deal. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's just the beginning of us walking with him, okay? But that's a monster, monster foundation stone for our lives to walk with him. That all our actions are, should be accountable and, and in, concerned about being in line with him, okay? But he wants to pinpoint something for us, okay? He says, so he's working in us. We should be fear and trembling as we're walking as unto him, okay? But he wants us to be conscious about do all things without murmuring and disputing, all right? So we've already understood that God is intimate. 
He's intimately involved in our lives. He's intimately praying for us. And yet we murmur and complain about the process that God is putting us through. Okay. And that becomes something that is, we must be very, very conscious. He's, he's, let me see this for myself, all right? God has spoken to me, and he's spoken to me amazing things. He told me that, that he would broaden the ten pigs of, of my tent. He would enlarge me, all right? He told me to open my mouth wide, and he would fill it, all right? And yet, as I go to work, all right, my, my job is becoming greater and greater and greater. I'm the only guy in town left, all right? And so... I kind of murmur and complain because God, don't you see? This is this is. I'm talking. He's already told me. I'm going to enlarge you, and I don't like the process. Right? I'm 63 years old. Right? And I'm working like a mad dog. I am. I'm exhausted. And yet, he's teaching me not to murmur, to stay in prayer. And as I continue to do that, then I watch. I get past the me part, and I just get to him. Okay? And as I pray, I watch my day. I wake up in the morning, and I, the phone's been ringing at 6 o'clock in the morning. People, people are like little, little birds in a nest. Feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Take care of me, take care of me, take care of me. And I've got a list of eight phone calls plus a backlog from the day before. And I'm looking at it like, oh, my gosh. So as I've been learning to flow in this, I lift things to the Lord. I don't have to be angry. I don't have to be stressed. All I have to do is keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, all right? And then all of a sudden, oh, I don't need you today, but could you come tomorrow, you know? Or he arranges my schedule. And I sit there in amazement at God. And it's just like, wow, what a way to live. This is life more abundantly, right? If I give God a chance to be God. But the murmuring disputing cuts you. It cuts you off. It cuts you. You're, you've separated yourself by your response to God. What God, I believe, is after is how are we to walk with him in the midst of trials. This is what he's after. We have a responsibility to walk a certain way, all right? And he wants us to know it. Murmuring and complaining, he talks about, Mike gave us uh, Numbers 14. And in Numbers 14, he's talking about, these people keep rebelling against me. And all he's talking about is the murmuring. All he's talking about and where that puts them as far as God's opinion, and it's the only one that matters, all right? All right? That's the place that we have to understand, all right? Um, let me get back over here. So we have the oneness. God is praying, and God is working in us. Galatians 2.20 says that I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, right? But Christ lives in me, okay? Everything that erupts in your heart that's not of God needs to be killed, killed, not changed or formed or killed, this old self killed so that he may live in me, okay? That's God's goal. Right, and in that we find an abundant life. Okay, so this this idea that Jesus is um, ever making 
intercession is found in Hebrews 7.24. And I think this stamps out, again, everything, every question we have that does God know? Is God aware? Okay? And it says, but he, because he continues forever, he has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. He's always aware of us. And not just is he aware of us, he's praying for us. Jesus' prayers are always perfect. They're in line with the Father for exactly the design God has for us, okay? So that takes, the more that you stay in God's word, these words, these are the words that Jesus spoke to me, for me to carry on and walk properly before him. I'm just sharing what he's spoken to me, hoping that a light bulb turns on if there is need of that light bulb to turn on, all right? Pastor shared 1 Corinthians 10, 9 through 10. And he's, he's really t- telling us to be on guard against these things. He mentioned this scripture and it says, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor murmur as some of them also murmured and they, destroy, they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all of these things happened to them as an example and they were written for our admonition. And on, and on who the end of the ages have come. This is where we're living, in the end of the ages. Okay, so admonition. What is admonition? I mean, I, we understand God corrects those he loves, okay, but I needed to hear what admonition was for myself. So they are wise words spoken against evil acts. Warning, warning, warning words to us. We need to, the word heed is to hear and to do. Okay? We need to heed these words, not just hear them. Heed is hear and do. Okay? So we need to take these words and apply them to our lives. Okay? Very big deal. Um, again, I could not, uh, I, I've been so brought aware of, of murmuring about myself and how I handle, but also God spoke to disciples. And I was, one of the first things that God spoke to me was out of John 6. So I want to read this to you real quick. I want you to hear the words, because he's talking to the disciples, right? They've gone through, you know, he's, he's there to teach them. So Jesus is talking about that you have to eat his blood, I mean, eat his body and drink his blood. And people heard that, and that turned them upside down, hearing those words, right? So... Let me make sure I got the right here. Excuse me a second. So he goes through that discourse talking to the people and then therefore many of his disciples, this is verse 60 in John 6, therefore many of his disciples when they heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand this? Okay, that's God's word. All right, and we have things that we really have to digest to really take to him, sit before him so he can explain to us. But it's the same way when we get hit by a trial. This is hard to understand, all right? And it says, from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Be very careful in your response to what's happening in your life before God. All right, that's why he's talking about this thing about murmuring, all right? So he goes on and he, he tells them, he says, 
Then Jesus gathers the 12 together and he says, do you also want to go away? His words, his words are piercing, all right? They're piercing. That's what it says. His word is powerful and they pierce to the soul, right? So these words become very, very important and you must face the words. You have to face these words, but in the light of God and his word and his spirit, right? So Peter's answer was, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have also come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can you say that as you go through your trial? Can you say, I, you are the Christ, and you, you, this is who you are in my life? In my life. Not, not head knowledge. Head knowledge is good, but then there becomes where that head knowledge must be applied to life, all right? And, it, be, and it's, it is the place where this becomes ingrained in who you are. It's the changing place, all right, of, of, of what happens in our lives. Again, Jesus, all right, is exactly what we said in the beginning, making intercession for it because he wishes to work in us, all right? When he works in us, he can work through us, all right? So very important how we handle how we handle these trials. You know, nobody has to even know it. God knows it, right? I don't share a lot. I don't murmur a lot with the guys at work. I'm sure a few things leak out, but for the most part, it's very private inside of me, right? And so, but when I'm faced with this word, can't run from it. There's nowhere to go from it. It's just there and it's just present and it wants to do a work in us and that's where we have to submit to him. Okay, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because his way is always the best way. Okay. So again, our work is to be aware of how we respond to God in our trials. Murmuring and complaining, Jesus and Numbers called them rebels. Do you understand that when you're murmuring and complaining, you're complaining about him. You don't like how he's doing things, all right? He's interrupting my life. He owns your life. Get over it. Submit to him. It's the, it's the place of fulfillment. You will be miserable if you don't. All right? Okay. Murmuring leads to a scripture I know that the Lord shared with me, and it's Exodus 17, 7. And, it, and, and if you continue to murmur, this is the place it takes you. And it says, because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Have you had those questions? Is the Lord among us? Is the Lord in my life? Is he really here? That's where it leads you. Cause you to doubt. And, and this is the God who saved me, made me aware of him, brought me into eternal life. And I'm gonna question, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, they don't add, they don't go together. They don't fit, okay? So there's two scriptures that the Lord shared with me in conjunction with um, Philippians 2. The first one is 2 Peter 3, and it's literally 11 through 18, but the two verses that stood out to me were verse 11 and verse 18. And in that, he's talking about that the heavens and the earth will be dissolved. All right? They will be dissolved. We are ever coming closer to that place. Okay? We are. 
So here's the words. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? In holy conduct and godliness, chew on the words. Holy conduct, right? Well, who's the one that determines holy conduct? God in his word. And by his spirit, he speaks to us, right? And it finishes with verse 18. And this is God's intentions. I believe this with all my heart uh, as far as us going through things. But grow in grace. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how do you grow in grace? Every time you face them, Jesus said that we are to come boldly to the throne of grace, right? It's only because of God that we can come there in the first place. He died, his blood, we have access to the Father. So he's teaching us how to live. You don't have to try and figure it out. Your first reaction is go to God. And the more that you offer prayers, the more that you pray, more that you lay things in his hands and watch and be instructed and be led by him, you will know, you will see without a doubt, right, God moving in your life. If you look and you do not see that, God's presence and activity in your life, it's not him. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us, all right? And he's teaching us how to move, right, and have our being in him. So the grace part is an amazing thing. It's like the more and more that you stride in prayer, you hear from him, all right, you'll see God move in your life. Cheryl said something um, about foundations. These are foundations, okay? And they reveal whether there's cracks in our foundations. God gives us word. He's given me word upon word upon word upon word building my relationship with him, okay? Which is what happens to all of us. It just does, right? And so we're never to forget When I was a baby Christian, God shared word to me, but it was personal, it was tangible. Cheryl shared of her encounter with God, but God said this. Alyssa said the same thing, but God showed me that. That encounter with God is growing in knowledge, but it has to be this personal thing, all right? The things that God has has shared and, and is sharing with me, because it comes from him, in power in my life, it changes you. It's impossible for it not to happen, and that's wonderful. That's the place we all need to be. Jude, it's like, wow, I mean, I wasn't expecting to go read in Jude. It's like one page long, but it was, it was good. Jude 20 through 25. And he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves upon your most holy faith. Okay. How do you build yourselves on your most holy faith? Think about it. Okay. We're praying, we're seeking God's face, and something comes. All right. I have to stand with whatever God has imparted to me and stand. All right and wait for God. That's how you get built up on your faith. You don't get built up by just reading and then, okay, I'm a different person because I read. No, it's part of the process, but it's never gonna be the full where, where you become different, okay? You must stand in this, in, in this area, praying in the Holy Spirit. When you know how to pray, I don't get it, God, pray in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit knows how to pray for you, all right? 
So these are these encouragement things of, you know what, we need to have something to reach for, to grasp for. Of course it's him, but God is telling us, look, don't do this, go this way, and you will find me, and you will be different, right? Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Pastor said this, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times, if you love me, obey me. Becomes very simple, keeps you in the love of God. Obey his word, obey it. As, as too much that you know. The rest is for God to build you. That's why we go through stuff, right? So he can build us, right? And then it says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Pastor says it all the, all the time. I don't want what I deserve. I want mercy. I want mercy, all right? So I have one last thing to share. Again, Cheryl shared about the foundation and how storms reveal cracks in us. Um, and we've seen, we've seen this um, where we have a testing, a testing of the things that we know, all right? Okay, but in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5, it says, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, this is talking about Jesus, okay? You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Think about what God's doing the work in us, building us up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, okay? We just read that Jesus, part of Jesus' priesthood was to be interceding, all right? Not, not pointing the finger or condemning each other. Man, we can't even get along with each other sometimes, all right? Even my wife and I, sometimes, you know, my wife told me one time, it's like, you know what, I don't like you. I don't like who you are right now. And I told her, it's okay, you still gotta love me. <laughs> So she had to think about that, you know. I was going, thank you, God. (laughs) But anyway, um, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priest to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We have the Old Testament and it was a picture. Okay, they had a temple. We're the temple. We're the body, and God is building us up, individual living stones in this temple. All right, but think what He told the Pharisees about their temple. What did He tell them? Not one rock, one stone will be upon another, and they were burnt. Why? Why? They didn't submit, and they always murmured against God. Always. All right. So. I believe in my heart that what God is really bringing aware, at least for my life, and I'm sharing with you, kind of is beware of your murmuring and complaining, all right? There's a much better way to go, okay? So, that'd be it.